Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hun. The world of technology and healthcare ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, mesh together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be celebrating the 100th episode of Healthcare IT Today. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. So 100 episodes, does that make us old? Is that... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's... I think some days it makes me maybe feels that way, but no, I mean, compared to some of the other podcasts that have been around, we're, we're relatively new still, but, but yeah. still an accomplishment that to get to a hundred. Yeah. Someone told me age is just a number. And I was like, yeah, age is a number that t- says I'm old and slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it is, it is uh, pretty amazing to think back though, right? We, you know, a hundred episodes of this uh, half hour uh, uh, thing that we do, John, it's for me, you know, it's, this is a non-traditional podcast in the sense of we don't interview anybody, you know, it's, it's usually just the two of us talking about some topics. So uh, it's been, it's been really fun to see that it's actually, uh, you know, people are listening <laughs> yeah what were we thinking <laughs> what were no, we i mean thinking? it's been fun i think to to dive into some of the topics and i think what's nice is that you know and this was the genesis when we started working with healthcare radio now and they talked to us and said you should do this and whatever and kind of pushed us over the edge if you will uh the genesis was hey we travel all over the world and we see conferences we talk to hundreds of people and so we kind of have a unique perspective on kind of the industry as a whole that we could share with the audience and i I think it's played out that way although it was really ironic we launched and then a few months later we don't travel to any conferences because COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. The one, the you know, one of the bit, one of the great perspectives that we could bring suddenly just went, you know, poof. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you but, traveled to so many conferences. I, I guess virtual conferences count. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. So, John, as you look back over the last hundred episodes, what what stands out for you? Particular topic, particular thing that we've done. What 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 stands out? Yeah, I think there's a number of things. I think one thing that I love about what we do is that we bring both the IT and the marketing perspective, which I think is pretty unique to us. So I I love that, that we might hit some of the technology side and what's happening technology-wise, but then we kind of say, oh, well, here's the marketing angle. And so, you know, it's a little bit of a unique perspective in that way that I I think that's fun. I also love that we bring kind of, I mean, you certainly know the U.S. healthcare system as well as anyone in the U.S. Us, but you also have the Canadian. And so that that banter of you're, you're Canadian, Colin, like that doesn't happen there. And you're like, <laughs> actually, it does. Let me tell you. Right. So I think that's something that I'm going to remember. Uh, you know, plus I love making Canadian jokes. I mean, it's just kind of what I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that, you know, I, I, I like where you got went there. I, I, I agree. I think we, we both bring unique perspectives. I mean, we do travel to a lot of conferences, but, but a lot of other people do. Right. But I think we look at these conferences with a very 
very different eye. Uh, you know, both of us are very passionate about the industry. We do want to see the industry succeed. Uh, and so as much as we report on, I think we also uh, are standing side by side, side by side with a lot of the people in the industry, whether they are mm -hmm. practitioners or whether they are the technology people. And so I, I do love looking back at those hundred episodes and just seeing some of the stories we brought forward and some of the, the, uh, the recounting of conversations we've had with people at conferences that, that stands out to me. I think some of the more fun episodes stand out to me too you know you know the ones where we is this going up or down right do we believe it yeah exactly those those are those are fun episodes and those are i think a reflection of us where we, you know we try to have a little bit of fun that's in our opening we try to have a little fun along the way and i think we did that and those episodes in particular stand out for me and certainly when i bump into people those ones certainly stand out for people as well yeah i mean the random questions right like i, I love that one right where we literally <laughs> don't know the question and you ask me, uh, we should do that again, but it, you know, it's fun, right? Because it's, you know, and we do have a breadth of knowledge that to be able to pull from, to be able to answer lots of random questions. And so, you know, that, that is pretty fun. You know, as I was scrolling through the list of the hundred topics that we did, the thing that stood out to me was we've done such a breadth of topic, including some that are really important as an industry and to a lot of people like inequality, right. Or health equity, even, even monopolies, right. Like in healthcare, like I, I saw that episode. It's like, oh yeah, that's an important topic to discuss. Obviously we did a lot of COVID mental health, you know, we even did a nurse episode, which, you know, a lot of nurses don't get uh, enough attention. And so, but when I looked at a bunch of the things I looked at him like, wow, healthcare is dealing with a lot of stuff, right? Like it's complicated. There's challenges, the regulations, how many episodes have we done on regulations and impacting information blocking, et cetera. Right. So it's like, you know, there's a lot going on and it, you know, I, I was just at a, the HCP conference and talking to a, a director of IT, basically the CIO of this smaller regional hospital. Uh, actually it might've been a care net hospital or something, but a small hospital. And you could just hear it in his voice, the, the challenge they face and are we going to even be around? Right. So, I mean, there's a bit of have and have nots in healthcare, but you know, you can see, you know, he has dealing with a lot with limited resources and, and, and it's true, I think across the healthcare spectrum. Yeah. I think that that's the other thing that stands out for me when you look across <laughs> the hundred episodes uh, it's just the, the breadth, as you said, of the challenges, but also the intensity. Like I know healthcare has gone through challenges in the past. There were very tough times in the past where it looked like the sky was falling, right? Like I'm not suggesting that what we're going through is worse or maybe not as worse as some of those things. Like there was a pandemic in 1918, right? And <laughs> we went we went through where the AIDS pandemic, right? Like we didn't have were... IT problems in 1918, but <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Although I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure people were complaining about whatever form they had to fill out. Right? <laughs> so, so I'm sure that, but, but what I'm getting, what I'm going with this is, um, I think for me, what is, uh, I look back at it, it's the intensity of the challenges and the, how fast they were happening back to back, right? We went through a pandemic. Uh, we had a lot of changes to regulation. We've had a lot of IT cybersecurity issues hit us like, and then now we have uh, workforce challenges, right? And and it just seemed to be rapid pace. There's been no breather between them. 
And, and mm-hmm. that to me has stuck out because when you look back historically uh, and think back just even to the, you know, the, when we started the industry, it didn't feel like there were sort of these back to back to back to back challenges, right? <laughs> that were hitting us all the time. So I, I certainly found that looking back at the hundred episodes. Yeah. And it seems to be accelerating. Like that's the interesting part. You know, I was talking to someone about, you know, the healthcare IT today, you know, even publication in general, let alone the podcasts and the radio show, et cetera. But they said, they're like, oh, you're going to always have content. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it's true. Healthcare is going to be around and the use of technology to improve healthcare is never going away. And like I said, I think it's accelerating with, you know, the processing power, the access to data, everything else, the communication channels, uh, those are really interesting. You know, as I look at it too, I was looking at some of the episodes and it's like, man, we want to kill things a lot or (laughs) now some of it's clickbait headlines because, you know, we're both marketers and we know that works. But, you know, like here's a a list of some that like stood out, like is healthcare interoperability dead or alive, which was our second episode. (laughs) Yeah, is it dead or alive? Well, I just went to the Civitas uh, Direct Trust Summit Conference and yeah, yeah, it's still alive. Trust me. Uh, But, you know, that's funny that that was an episode, you know, are medical groups still viable? You probably know that from the MGMA conference that, yep, they're still alive and kicking, right? Yep. <laughs> um, you know, is healthcare social media dead? Oh, I mean, that's interesting, right? <laughs> yes, we definitely have that in our titles a lot, but uh, I think that's what that's what gets people to listen, uh, partly. <laughs> yeah. So, so now we need to maybe do a series of episodes on what's alive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What's thriving? What's doing well? Right? We stop, let's, stop, uh, let's stop putting death in, the t- in, the, in our titles. But... But John, as you look back over the 100, let me, let me ask you this one. What are some of the things you've learned uh, over the last 100 episodes? Yeah, I think the thing that I've learned the most is that, interestingly, people love this type of content and they love to connect with it and to engage with it. And, and, and that, uh, you know, so I think that's one of the things is that going to these conferences and seeing people, it's amazing how many people come up now and like, hey, John, I know you. And, and I have to pause for a minute and I'm like, I don't know who this person is. Right. Like, and then like, luckily most of the time they bail me out and they're like, I mean, I don't really know you, but I listen to your podcast. So I, it's like, I know you. It's like, and, and it, that, it's amazing how powerful a, a you know, a, an audio format like this and video, which, you know, we do both, of course, like, how powerful that is. And obviously I have a recognizable voice. I think that, you know, everyone said to me over the years that they hear my voice and they're like, Oh, I know that. Right. And so I think that was one thing that, you know, was an interesting learning. Like I I didn't expect it. Right. Obviously I'd published 7,000 articles myself over all this time. And occasionally I'd get people coming up and saying, Oh, I read your site and whatever. Right. But there's a different impact in audio and video that was quite frankly, pretty surprising to me and how much it does and how long lasting it is. Yeah. I mean, I, you're, you're absolutely right. I think um, more people now come up and, and say they recognize us from the uh, podcast and the video stuff that we do versus the writing and the tweeting and social media stuff that we do, which is sort of a nice uh, uh, learning for, in terms of the evolution of, of, uh, of what we do. So you know, for me, the big learning uh, from the 100 episodes was, um, you know, I think at the beginning, we were really 
trying to find our voice and our find our our stride, if you will. So one of the big learnings for me was at some point, I don't know if it was episode 20 or something like that, but where we just said, you know, to heck with it, we're just going to do what we want to do. And and that may have been our first, are we buying it or selling it episode, you know, but that, that was a big learning. It was to say, actually, we can have a lot of fun doing this and we don't have to stick to a formula or, or something like that, that, that maybe works for others and doesn't work for us. So that was certainly a learning and then also just uh, the the big learning for me was just how multifaceted these issues and challenges really are, mm-hmm. right? Like one of the, you know, we, we talk all the time, but, you know, not always about issues facing the industry. And it's always fun to hear these different perspectives. And even if it wasn't your perspective, you bring one from someone you spoke to that had a slightly different view of the same problem. So, uh, you know, you always think about like, you, we always should know that or understand that, but it was very interesting that in these episodes, um, how many different ways you could look at these problems. Yeah. And I, I think anyone that follows me on Twitter knows this is one of my learnings is that for a lot of it, follow the money is, is, is the answer. And that's been the answer in so many episodes. If you're like, well, why is it this way that, you know, healthcare organizations don't want to share data? And and then you look at your follow the money, you, you see, oh, that's why they're not doing it, right? Or why haven't they engaged patients and done a proper digital front door to make it convenient for patients to come in and to inform them, you know, how long their wait is, would be and all that. And the answer is, well, follow the money. They didn't need to until then. And now, you know, now actually, if you follow the money, now it's you need to because you're going to have a financial impact. And now they're now they're embracing it more. And so, you know, I think that is an interesting comment. But the the weird thing in healthcare is the the money often doesn't follow the way you would think. And so I think <laughs> that's been another interesting learning in this, right? Is that there's a lot of perverse incentives, as I call it, like that you look at and you're like, this doesn't make any business sense. And then you understand the parties, how it's put together and the insurance company by employers and all this, right? And you're like, oh, okay, there's so many people's hands in the pot and this is what they're really doing. And so, you know, I I think follow the money makes sense, but it's like an order of magnitude more complex in healthcare than it is in most businesses. I totally with you on that. That is uh, definitely something that I've learned listening to you over this, uh, all these episodes and over the years, just follow the money usually works in terms of you want to understand why it, why people behave and why things are the way they are. That's probably the reason. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lynn and Colin Hung. Today, we're looking back at our first 100 episodes of this radio show and podcast. And of course, having a little fun along the way. <laughs> oh, so, so John, let's let, let's continue the retrospective look. Uh, in these uh, hundred episodes that we've done, is there a trend or announcement that surprised you? I'd say the overall trend that surprised me the most is the uh, kind of dominating force that big tech has become in healthcare and how much they're investing in it. And and to be fair, they haven't become quite a dominating force, but they've invested heavily in going to healthcare, whether it's Amazon, Google, 
you know, even Microsoft, right, which we often forget about because they're they're kind of a utility for many organizations, but they're in every single healthcare organization, right? Uh, Apple to some extent, et cetera, right? Like I think seeing that and then pair that with retail, big retail, the fact that they're making such a big push in and investing so heavily in it has, that, that's been a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, you know, early on in my blogging career, right? When I was writing about the industry, I remember how hyped up we were with like Google Health and Microsoft Health and how they were just these utter disasters, these failures that provided no value and didn't achieve anything. And you, know, you I think back on that and you know, maybe you were just scarred by that experience, right? Where there was hope that they would actually make some impact for good and then they didn't. That you, you know, I look at it and I'm like, I, I probably was like naive and be like, well, they tried it, they failed, they're not coming back. But yet when you look at uh, $5 trillion industry or something, yeah, yeah, they're coming back, right? And so, and we've seen that in a big way. No, I agree. I mean, that has, that was one of my big surprises is how dedicated these uh, external players have been in healthcare. They have start, they have come back, right? Even after these high profile failures, Google's done it three or four times now, right? Like Microsoft's done it twice. Uh, Amazon's now in, in this world. And, and so that has been very surprising how much they're really um, going after uh, fixing healthcare or doing something in the healthcare realm. The other side has also been surprising to me on, on the same topic, which is the reaction of incumbents. Mm. They are legitimately worried about... I was say, or the lack of reaction? Well, I think, <laughs> I think both, but, but it's been on the lips of almost everyone I talk to, right, at conferences to like, I wonder what Walmart's doing and is Walmart really going to come after me? Is that going to eat my business? Like, mm. you know, the amount of attention that the incumbent uh, organizations are placing on these new entrants... Uh, is very surprising. I mean, if it wasn't a serious threat, I don't think they would be giving this much attention. But the fact that they're taking a look and kind of actually learning from what they're doing, I mean, yeah. to me, that's a hopeful sign, actually. So, but it's been surprising to see the reaction of people, you know, at hospitals, at clinics, uh, you know, governments, just to see, oh, like we should keep an eye on what's going on over here with the CVSs and the Walgreens and and the WalMarts of the world. Um, yeah. The other, the other thing that surprised me, John, that the most was actually how much um, attention is being put on health equity. Mm. I I thought uh, that it wouldn't be getting or would not have the longevity of a topic as it has. You know, I thought people like, oh, we mean we need to do this. It's good PR. Let's let you know, but that it would fade. It has not, and I think that's mm -hmm. partly because. A, people recognize it is a big problem. It should be solved and it's going to require a lot more work. And also, um, you know, the number of passionate people that are keeping the flame alive, right? Like we know a few of them, right? Whether it's Abner sure. Mason over at uh, Same Sky Health, right? Talking about health, health equity all the time. Even HIMSS has got health equity topics that they're covering all the time. There's companies like Unite Us, right? They're doing some incredible things. Companies like Esri that are doing incredible things to, to deal with health equity. So for me, that topic surprised me in its power and its longevity and the number of people that are working actively to solve it. Yeah. The Civitas Direct Trust Conference was entirely focused on health equity. I mean, the, the, the theme of the conference was, and the fact that they were willing to put that out as a theme at an interoperability conference is, is really interesting. You know, we're seeing big grants come even towards that effort, you know, from Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and other people that are trying to address it because it is such a big problem and is such a big, and is a, a challenging problem to address I think the big one for me, as I look at it, like was also the number of acquisitions. Mm 
mm-hmm. and, and large acquisitions. I think there's two sides to it. One is the provider side, right? We're we're headed towards these big hospital health systems, which you know, ironically, I think ten years ago I was at some conference with a an analyst from one of the analyst firms, and he's like, "Don't worry, there will be five organizations eventually." And, and we're kind of seeing that play out. It might be ten, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's headed that direction, and and that's been interesting to watch. But then even on the health IT side, right? Like Oracle acquiring Cerner for such a a big price tag and to get into it that big, right? And I think we're going to see more of those. I mean, Microsoft acquired Nuance, right? I mean, I think these big acquisitions and even some small acquisitions to go after the healthcare market, you know, is is really interesting, is changing the landscape. Uh, You know, I think we see it in the security side of things as well. uh, I saw some people talking about they want the enterprise security landscape. They don't want to have 15 security vendors. And so, you know, you have organizations like Fortinet, like CrowdStrike that are rolling up every security capability that a healthcare organization could need. And they're putting it in so that you can go to one vendor and get the full suite of security solutions that are needed. And so in some ways it makes a lot of sense and it's making it more convenient, but it's the eternal, like we should do a whole episode on this eternal round, right? Of best of breed to, oh, I only want one back to best of breed and and that we see over and over. And that's the acquisition cycle we've been seeing. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you you hit the nail on the head there, John. I I think had had the pandemic not happened, I mean, meaning if that wasn't such a dominating story over the last three years, I think we would be talking about the amount of M&A happening in our industry mm-hmm. uh, as a, as the the topic, right? Alongside legislation, I'm sure, but you know, the acquisition of One Medical by Amazon, right? And and all of the things that they're investing in in terms of the smaller technologies that they're rolling up. And as you mentioned, you know, Microsoft making big moves around taking, you know, uh, acquiring in a nuance. Uh, even I would say in the other tiers like Point click care making some acquisitions to get more yeah. into the acute care space, right? Like, there's there's been a lot Exactly. Exactly. There's been a lot of movement in, in in this space, and it's going to be interesting to see how this does play out over the next few years as the wave of consolidation in terms of vendor consolidation by providers, how that effort is going to maybe accelerate even more acquisitions happening on the on the IT side. Yeah, it's a question of who has cash. That's what they're telling me now. Those that had to finance it probably aren't going to acquire anymore, but those that have cash on hand are going to continue to acquire and they're going to find some deals. So I think we'll see that continue. Well, actually, that's a great segue into my final question for you, John. What do you see coming in the next 100 episodes for us? You know, I think I see a lot more mayhem. Uh, You know, know, it goes back to, we had this over the last couple of years, we had this influx of cash going to digital health and health IT. And how that's going to play out is going to be something to watch, right? It's not quite a soap opera, but it's getting close to that, right? Because when you raise $100 million, there's only a few opportunities. It's You're going for a billion dollar exit or you're going for disaster. And and we're going to have some of both, right? I mean, it's, it's the nature of how venture capital is done. It's done with the intent that, hey, we want to go for the billion dollar or we'd rather just flame out. Like it's fine, right? Like, you know, that's their goal. And so I think these, this next hundred episodes is going to be about that, right? Is who is who is real and who is Memorex, right? Like who should have raised the hundred million and really has a business model and can scale it up and who, you know, was, you know, skiing you know, over their skis and is going to crash and, and end up in a big pile, right? So I, I think that's what one of the biggest things we're going to see over the next hundred episodes. 
Yeah, I, I, I think some of the themes that we've seen over the past 100 are going to continue forward, right? We're still going to be, unfortunately, talking about interoperability. We're definitely going to be talking about cybersecurity and breaches and, and privacy issues. Yeah. We're definitely going to be talking about legislation of some sort, of some policy change or, or a reimbursement change that's going to cause some havoc and some headache in the industry. Um, but I think the, it, for me, the big story is going to continue to be uh, these new entrants. You know, uh, today we're talking about the big tech entrance, but tomorrow are we talking about companies that are getting more into home care? Like, are home builders going to suddenly get into uh, healthcare? Is companies like IKEA going to get into home care and things like that? I think that those might be stories we're going to be covering in the or conversations we're going to be having here on the uh, on the program over the next uh, hundred episodes. Yeah, I mean, I look at the healthcare organization side and say. Are they going to adapt to this changing landscape? Are they going to go through the digital transformation that's needed for them to create the relationships with patients to be able to do value-based care, to be able to compete with the Walmarts of the world, to rebrand healthcare as patient-centric and convenient and focused on providing that value that they can provide <laughs> better than maybe a Walmart or a CVS, but they haven't branded appropriately. So, you know, the question I, I asked there is, are they going to adopt or are they going to die? And oh, does that mean we're going to be talking about more? Yeah, so you just did it. We're going to have another <laughs> one of those titles. <laughs> no, but I think I think you're right. I, I think um, you're right about the mayhem comment you made as well. I think, you know, I hope that we're going to do some more fun episodes uh, over the next hundred as well. Some some more interesting takes uh, and, and and different things that maybe you don't see or hear on other podcasts um, because we can't, right? <laughs> because uh, that's who we are, and that's uh, this this format that you and I have allows for that. But I also think that we are entering a time, I think, of more serious focus on healthcare. I mean, we had a lot of focus because of the pandemic, and that exposed a lot of things. But I think now those things that now that have been exposed. Um, I think are going to need a lot more attention. And so the feeling I get talking to people is we're entering sort of this serious period of, of healthcare, right? Where the problems are big and the solutions, you know, we have to come together to fix them, whether it's the cybersecurity issue and really getting our handle around that, whether it's sharing data challenges, whether it's bias in AI, you know, racial bias and the racial or health inequities that are structurally part of our system and how do we get rid of that? These are very serious problems, right? And uh, and I, you just get the sense that people are like, "Wow, we really like got to dig in deep here." So I think that might be a theme, an undercurrent that goes through the next hundred episodes. Yeah, I look at it also from a business perspective and around data and the business of data. You know, now we have so much more data and we're collecting it at an extremely, you know, fast rate uh, that we'd never seen before. And how people are going to use that data, monetize that data appropriately and inappropriately is going to be a massive conversation. And related to that, I think is going to be the tie between EHR vendors and data vendors, if you will, which EHR is a big data vendor, and the payers. And how do they navigate that relationship and the payers and life sciences, pharma, who wants all that data to be able to do what they do? Will they, how will they do that? Will they do it effectively? Will they, will they do it to monetize their own pockets or will they do it for what's best for the patient? I think that's going to be an important topic over the next hundred episodes. I can't wait. It's going to be fun, John. Absolutely. Hey, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com 
and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hong, along with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great week.